welcome back to the So We Speak podcast. This is Cole Fakes, and we're starting a new week of social distancing, quarantines, dealing with the coronavirus, and we're going to continue to talk in this series to those who are on the front lines of dealing with COVID-19, people who are stepping up to lead and those who are serving in a really tough time, and one, as you'll hear in the episode today, that we've never seen anything like it before. Last week, we had Carson Fakes and Chris Shadid on to talk about some of the medical situation, what's going on, both with the virus itself and with those healthcare workers and providers who are working around the clock to keep people safe and to take care of people who are sick. Today, we're going to switch gears a little bit into the church. And I'm so thankful to have Dr. Todd Fisher on the podcast today. Todd is the pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Shawnee, Oklahoma, and he also teaches at Oklahoma Baptist University and at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Todd and I met each other when we were doing our doctoral seminars together, and uh, he's a guy I really look up to in ministry, love the way he leads in his church and in the academy, and I think you'll be really encouraged to hear what he has to say about the challenges churches are facing, but also about the unique ways and the opportunities that there are in rising to the challenge. So here's Dr. Todd Fisher. My name is Todd Fisher. I'm the uh, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church. I've been the pastor for about 17 years here. I've, I've been a pastor for almost 30. And so the the coronavirus thing is definitely uncharted waters for me and I guess for everybody in ministry. So uh, it's kind of making us rethink things and reinvent things and uh, keep it on our toes. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's been so weird about this, I think, for pastors is so much of what you're designed to do is to get people together. How have you worked through redefining ministry in terms of keeping people apart? Yeah, that is so tough. And we're, we're trying to figure all that out now. So just some kind of uh, logistics of what we, we've been doing to try to do that. Obviously, we went online with our worship service today, last Sunday, a week ago today, we actually had church, but the whole, the CDC hadn't issued the thing yet. And so all of that had kind of broken right before that Sunday. And so we decided to go ahead and have it. We also, at our church, we have four worship services in the morning. So we don't have like, you know, 12, 1500 people all in one setting. Yeah. I think had, if that had been true of us, we probably would not have had church last Sunday either. But ours are broken up more in groups of like 400, you know. So uh, we went online. One of the things that we did this week that I think might be helpful for pastors to think about is we abandoned the live stream idea because Hmm. it's just too unreliable because everybody is draining the system. Yeah. So what we did was we went in Wednesday night and just recorded it. And then we broadcast it through Facebook Premiere instead of Facebook Live. Okay. And then we also put it on our live stream, I mean, on our simulcast on our website. Uh-huh. But we we thought, man, there's no way it's, it's going to be terrible. So uh, that's one of the things that we did. We're looking at today, for the day, we just shot it in the worship center, you know, and mm-hmm. I just preached in the G room. We're probably going to be moving to shooting that in different venues yeah. to try to keep engagement up. And uh, who knows how long we're going to be in this thing. I've seen a couple of churches today are planning their first Sunday back to be Mother's Day. Yeah. And I, I, I anticipate they're going to close public schools for the rest of the semester. And when they do that, I think the pressure is going to be on 
churches too to probably stay out that long as well. And once once we get into that, man, six, eight week of not coming together and meeting, it's going to be really challenging just on the whole keeping everybody together thing. It's going to become challenging financially. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're trying to do that. One of the things we're probably going to start doing next Sunday is we're going to ensure, we're going to encourage our small groups to meet virtually. Mm-hmm. So either using Zoom or go to meeting or something like that. And we're going to try to encourage Sunday school classes to meet the hour before the worship service. Yeah. And one of the, the other thing that we did too was we only broadcast one time. We didn't broadcast multiple times. We we and I think that was probably a good idea for us. Mm-hmm. I think it helped our attendance, quote unquote, this morning. Yeah. So, what are some of the challenges that you've had to work through with your staff, uh, just as far as helping them to stay effective? Obviously, guarding against sickness for them too. I think sometimes they get forgotten as you're thinking yeah. about caring for your people. Yeah. How, how have you tried to lead the staff over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, you know that's a good question because what's interesting in this is some of your staff. It, it just like it takes them off the rails. I mean, it's just what what what, what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. Like, like our college minister, right? Yeah, you know, they, they they canceled OBU. None of the students came back. Well, you know, other than just trying to keep them engaged. And then like our tech guy, uh, our our whole tech team. It's they they worked about one month last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? and and for me, it's been a real challenge. So. We really work on keeping in constant contact a lot. You know, our staff, of course, has a text, a group text mm-hmm. that we've just been wearing out. And, and we're, we go ahead, we are going ahead and meeting mm-hmm. every week anyway, probably a couple of times a week. And I mean, we're, there's not more than 10, there's actually nine of us on our ministry staff here. So that's that perfect. Means, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to be careful in terms of all of that. Um, for me, what I'm trying to do with them is just try to encourage. I'm trying to push them in thinking outside of the box. Okay, what can we do? But fortunately for me and my staff, um, we've got some good creatives and we have some good uh, tech guys. And I'm 50. So I think one of the things that's important for pastors like me is to listen to these guys. Because mm. these guys, you know, hey, they're younger than you. They don't have as much experience and all that stuff. And for a pastor to say, you know, I don't need those guys, that's foolish. Because mm-hmm. when it comes to all this tech stuff and innovation thinking along these lines, it's these guys that are kind of keeping us in the 21st century. So I'm grateful for them, and I'm listening to them, and we're just trying to think outside the box right now. As you're talking to other pastors and uh, obviously you teach as well, so you're seeing the education side of this. What do you think the dynamics look different in different churches and different sizes and stuff, but w- what's something you're hearing from guys who are uh, in your spot, either on the church side or on the education side, about the needs that they're seeing right now? Yeah, well, on the education side, I think this is going to be a sea change for mm-hmm. higher ed. And honestly, higher ed was already going through a sea change anyway, and this is going to uh, accelerate that. Uh, you're, who knows what's going to happen on the backside of this with higher ed. Um, mm-hmm. You're just going to start seeing a lot of, oh, wow, you know, you, you can deliver this course electronically, and I actually don't have to go on campus and spend all the money for room and board and blah, blah, blah. Right. 
ideologically, of course, is that the best way to learn? You know, everybody's going to debate that. But there was a lot of schools, just like there's a lot of churches, that were on the precipice financially. Mm -hmm. And if this thing drags out, I don't know what's going to happen to them. There's a big chance. And I, and I think there's a lot of profs in higher ed that don't know how to use technology. Yeah. Now, and, you know, like a lot of the students I have, like, yeah, there's a lot of my profs that don't ever put anything on Canvas or Moodle or mm-hmm. whatever. So that's going to be interesting. And I don't know on the church side what's going to come of this. Uh, hopefully some good things, you know, it's going to yeah. force us into this whole idea of, wow, church isn't the building. So, um, but, you know, to me, kind of related to this is I've talked to some fellow pastors and stuff. This is a great opportunity for the church to um, – to be a good neighbor mm-hmm. and, and we're doing that in not having church, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I read that piece by Reuters on patient 31 in mm-hmm. South Korea. That's fascinating. People need to look that up. So basically that, that article, the quick gist of it is, you know, South Korea had the thing under control. They, they, they knew it early. They were, they were keeping people quarantined. They and they asked this lady to, to quarantine and get tested. And instead of obeying what the authority said, she went to church and then she went to like a buffet lunch with a friend after church, the out, the uncontrolled outbreak part of it, South Korea, they basically traced back to a church. And you know, I, I told our staff, I said, look, if we have church with all of this going on, first of all, we will be a pariah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the community would just look at us and throw stones. Mm-hmm. And then if we did choose to have church and somebody came to church with that virus and spread it through the community and people died from it, I mean, that that's a that's a disaster you won't, won't recover from. Right. But uh, it's been it's been a good opportunity though, because we're all I'm always hammering as a pastor, you know, look. Christianity is not about you. It's about dying to self, mm-hmm. and it's about following Christ and living a cruciform life. And this has been a great opportunity just to say, yeah, look, 88, you know, the vast majority of you, if you got this illness, you're probably going to recover and mm-hmm. probably not even get that sick. But this isn't about you. Right. This is about people with compromised immune systems and senior adults that if they get this, this could be really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying, I know other pastors are trying to use this whole situation to kind of try to reinforce some of the things we've been trying to teach all along. Right. Yeah, yeah. when you when you were talking earlier about things that are going to go back to being the way they were before and things that aren't, um, obviously there are some things that are going to be detrimental. I mean, I agree with you. I think yeah. higher ed has been moving in the direction of distance learning for a long yeah. time. And, and you do lose something with distance learning, but uh, you also you also make learning more affordable. So, I mean, yeah. there's takeaways from, from, from whatever happens there. But on the church side, I think you've nailed it, that it's, it's difficult, but it's a refocusing moment for us to say, okay, were we doing church specific ways because that's the way we've always done it or because that's the way it's comfortable or that's the way I like it done? And will this help us to refocus on some of the mission that doesn't change, even right. when our strategies change? That's right. And uh, agree. Yeah. You, you begin to think about what are we asking God to do through this that this is a new opportunity for. Right. So I'm wondering what are the things that you're praying for or hoping for that 
despite the danger of this, you're like, man, maybe we have a new opportunity to do something that we hadn't been able to do before because we're mobilizing our people differently. Right, right. Well, I mean, I'll be honest, selfishly, one of the things I'm praying for is just that that this won't have an adverse effect on our church Mm -hmm. in ways, you know, like just financially, that we would have to lay somebody off or something like that. I mean, I, I, that's selfishly I'm doing that, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really praying for this to be a way to, you know, just to open the eyes of our people. Cause I mean, this, this, everybody's going to debate, you know, are we overreacting to this? Is this blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at this point, it's kind of a we're living in a realm of of perception is reality. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of had a scary moment here in our culture and society. And yeah. I hope this will sober people up to the fact of, man, you know, er- every soul we look at is on the brink of eternity here. Mm-hmm. And I hope that on the backside of this, this is going to increase gospel conversations. Mm-hmm. It's going to increase the appreciation for fellowship. And, and, and here's one of the things I'm hoping for and praying for is that this whole thing that drags out is going to force us as a church to start thinking of church and doing church more in terms of groups not not you know and and of course corporate worship but not just corporate worship mm-hmm. for my church and I have a feeling for a lot of churches that's kind of that's kind of the baseline for how you do church it's the worship service mm-hmm. I think as we start moving into the future we're gonna really have to start thinking about how are we doing church in community and I hope that this is going to wake us up to the need for groups and life on life discipleship. And that's that's one of the things I'm praying for, that somehow we can capitalize on that and help emphasize that. Yeah, man, I, I would love to see that uh, be true. And I think it sounds like what you guys are doing, uh, mobilizing your staff and then asking your your groups to meet uh, before the sermons and stuff is, mm-hmm. is going to be a great start to that. Have you uh, changed what you're preaching on at all or addressed it from the pulpit? <laughs> well, I'm laughing. Uh, no, I have not yet. So here's what hit us. I, I am, we're doing a whole year long theme called wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so I'm preaching through the first 11 chapters of first Kings on Solomon's life. Oh, wow. And then I'm preaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. And then we're finishing up. We're kind of doing John like about three chapters at a time each year kind of deal. But so I'm laughing because I went ahead and stuck with what I'm doing because I'm, I'm two sermons away from finishing the series on Solomon. Okay. <laughs> And I'll be done with it next Sunday. Yeah. But today was 1 Kings chapter 11, the, the, the first few verses. And it's about Solomon's 700 wives or, and 300 concubines. And so I'll talk about the, the, the whole, the lust he had for sex and power. And uh, I kept getting some comments from parents like, dude, how many times are you going to say the word sex? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it was, uh, thanks. Thanks brother Todd. I'm sitting here having to explain what a concubine is, you know, to my seven year old, the perfect one for family worship. You couldn't have, yes, couldn't have picked that better. Like, uh, maybe I should have rethought that. So, uh, <laughs> so what, what, what's kind of cool for us though, is what, I, what I've been liking to do the last couple of years is when I finish a series, I give myself a break, a mm-hmm. Sunday break, and mm-hmm. I let somebody on our staff preach. 
So I was going to let our one of our associate pastors preach the Sunday before Easter, which was going to be the you know the kind of the gap thing before after I finished the series. So that Sunday before Easter, I'm probably going to do a special message about how can we be the church even when we can't meet together. And I'm going to try to really preach a message that is on point with what we're working through. Yeah. And so I don't know what text I'll use, and, and I'm going to try not to proof text something by doing that, obviously. But, uh, you know, but man, I'm telling you, how weird is it going to be to wake up on Easter Sunday morning mm-hmm. and not to go to church? Yeah. It's, that's going to be terrible, man. I know a lot of people were hoping that that might be the first Sunday back, but it just doesn't look like it so. at, at this point. But mm-hmm. man, that that's a really that, that's a really exciting uh, message that you're going to give two weeks from today. I guess would, would be the day. That, two weeks from today, yeah. And uh, really. I'm going to link in the show notes on here to the to live stream from today, and then people can obviously follow that up on your site for for that one because yeah. that'll be great too but yeah. it kind of sounds in a way like you guys prejudge this pretty well i mean wisdom is something that we could all use right now <laughs> yeah, uh, really and uh, certainly the the life and times of david and solomon and the kings yeah. of israel and and uh, yeah. all the infighting in their households might be good for people on quarantine you never know uh, <laughs> But, yeah. man, if you had one one thing that you're giving to your people, either when you're texting them just to encourage them uh, or the stuff that you guys are putting out, things that maybe you're yeah. praying for personally or just ways that you're helping to build people up, uh, just as a closing yeah. thing, what, 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 are you, what are you seeing and what's in your heart right now? You know, how I would answer that, Cole, is I keep going back to A.W. Tozer's quote, a fearful, a fearful world needs a fearless church. Wow. And we just as Christians cannot be governed by panic and fear. Mm. We have to be governed by faith. And I think that's how we need to shepherd people through this is, is the, is the faith side, not the fear side. That's how I think I'd, I'd, I'd answer that right there. Thanks for listening to the So We Speak podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a comment, leave a review, email us, tell us what you like about it, tell us what you'd improve about it. Thanks to all you guys who are listening, and we'll see you next week on the So We Speak podcast.